Hello, I'm Al. And I'm Sai. And we are. Are you ready, Sai? <laughs> Go ahead, Al. Two men in the motor. Two men in the motor. Oh, <laughs> God. Let's have it. Oh, I was waiting for that. Well done. I've got a first class to remind you then. So, Sai, we haven't done this for a while. So, what are we going to talk about today? Absolutely, yeah, we've not done this for a while, and I'm still missing not being back in the car, mate. We really, really need to sort that out soon. Well, that can happen now, can't it? Mean, now the uh, restrictions have, have kind of gone. Shouldn't would be a problem. Absolutely, even the uh, even the personal space restrictor of two meters apart gone out. But I think you need to stay two meters apart from me at all times. Well, with my stomach, there's no chance of that, mate. <laughs> two meters or two miles. <laughs> exactly, yeah. My side bellies as well, you've got no chance of that, mate. I'm sorry about that. No chance. Um, yeah, next time we come to, we come to yours to work in a week or so, we'll, uh, we'll do it on a month, shall we? We'll, uh, we'll do a video in my new car. Oh, tell us all about your new car, Al. Well, you've seen it, mate, haven't you? But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with it. I know I gave Ford a bit of a hammering last time, but I'm, I'm very happy now. Um, the salesman, the salesman Richard was really good, really, really good salesman. Um, I've got a Ford Fiesta ST line uh, in chrome blue, and it's lovely, and I really, really like it, and I love driving it. Um, it's, it's to me, to me, I put a, a photo on Instagram and Twitter the other, the other week, and it, I, I parked mine face to face with what. The, the, um, the same as my old car, my old Fiesta, so you can see the difference. Um, and this is just so much more sporty than my old Fiesta. Um, it's like a lot, it lies a lot lower than suspension. The uh, tyres quite low profile. Um, it just looks like it's slightly styled a bit better. The uh, the nose seems to dip a bit more. It's got a bigger rear spoiler. Um, inside, I love inside. Um, I've got a brush metal pedals, which is quite sporty, and a, a metal gear stick. Um, and the interior is not cream or beige, it's black, which for some reason makes a difference. It just makes it feel more like a cockpit. I, I don't know. It's, it makes it feel more sporty, but yeah, it's great. Uh, cruise control, uh, lucky windows all around, which didn't have, didn't have in the old one. Um, what else have we got? Um, the entertainment's a bit modern and updated. And sat, excuse me. Can you hear that burping then? I, did, I didn't hear the burping, I'll know, but you've you just, you just blown yourself up there. I was just laughing at how... Like, I imagine this to be, like, what, what, what I'm listening to is someone who's totally not asked about cars, trying trying to give a description of their new car. I'm trying to think of the things that's on it that wasn't on my old car. It, it, it's so... Well, the infotainment's a bit nicer than my last one, and uh, I've, uh, I've got a new gear stick, and uh, the spoiler's slightly bigger. Come on, Al. Look, right, I, I could give a description of your car better than you can. Do right? it then, go on. Do it, I dare okay. you. Do it. Go ahead then. All right. Al's got a brand new Ford Fiesta ST line, okay? It is absolutely a million miles apart from the old sew machine that he used to drive. Um, he posted a photograph on his socials uh, the other week, and they were front bumper to front bumper, and they are just miles apart. His new one must sit a good few millimetres lower on the front suspension than the old one. 
it dips down like a door wedge at the front. It looks so much more aggressive. It's got a redesigned sporty ST line grille. It's a lovely, um, almost like a, a bluey grey metallic colour. It's got a sports pipe on the back of it. It's got a ducktail uh, spoiler on the rear windscreen. It's got some protection glass. It's got metal pedals. Al boots it everywhere. He throws it into corners at 60, 70 miles an hour. His mum's wig nearly fell off once. He absolutely adores it, don't you? It, it just goes everywhere like a rocket. I love the sport mode. It has sport mode on it, and it's great. It's really great. <laughs> give, us some, give us some details as to why it is great, Al. Why is it great? How does it make you feel? It feels like when you put it in sports mode, you can feel the car just just get lighter and more busier. It just feels like someone's took a weight off it. Is it just ready to go, is it all? Yeah, you can just feel it just just become more alive. The car becomes more alive. It's it's the only way I can describe it. It's just a feeling. It's really, really good. And when you put it in sport mode, it doesn't make that much of a difference to the fuel economy either. I'm still getting over 41 miles a gallon. That's good. Uh, Which is good, yeah. I mean, my old one, I never got above 38. So no which for an eco boost is crap, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. This is an boost mild hybrid, which is, makes makes a little bit of difference to it as well. Um, but yeah, you can have a wait up time driving it. I'm going down to, to London in a couple of weeks and I can't wait to drive hours in it. Do you know what I mean? Good luck. So it's a manual, yeah, and you don't get yeah. tired in it. You don't get, you know, no, is, it, is it an no. okay cruiser, let's say? Um. Yeah, it makes I me. Mean, the Fords are pretty um, comfortable anyway, aren't they? You know, they're, they're not uncomfortable cars. Um, but yeah, it's very, very comfortable, mate. Um, and it's got a nice. I haven't had one of these for ages. Um, a little, like, sort of like mid mid engine pocket, which you can push stuff in, but it, it's also like a cushion, so you can just rest your left elbow on it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, mean in between the two seats. In the centre console. Yeah, what am I talking about? Mid-engine or something? What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> what well, what am I talking about? Welcome to the most thorough car podcast out there, yeah? Al's got a mid-engine pocket where he stores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant to send to console. That's the words I was looking for, along, along, with, along with all my turbos, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, and it lifts up, you can put stuff in. Where an engine would be if it was mid-engined, so it's yeah, I love it. It's just a very nice, sporty, yeah, comfortable car, and it's very. Is it the best car you've had? Is it the best car? Is you've the had? best car I've had? Um, the best car I've had to drive, I think. The best car was still my second Mondeo. That was that was still my best car, only because of all the tech on it at the time. So, uh, so there's more tech on this. Yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna put it in relation to to the, to the time. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It was very... How many cup holders has it got? Two, and it's got lights in it as well. Lights in the cup holders. Oh my god, Al. You are you are in the big leagues now, lad you. I know. So you can't miss in the dark, it's great. <laughs> so yeah, so thanks to Ford, thanks to Richard at Pentagon Ford and Runcorn. Yeah, you've been great. And Gabby as well, who was the, the finance guy, we had a good talk about Everton. Because uh, he's blue, and um, yeah, so I enjoyed that, and yeah, great dealership, lovely car. Thank you so much. 
lovely plug there. Al. Would you like to talk about Everton now? Like with no, what's I going on? talk about Everton now. I guess we just bought a couple, just bought a couple of players. Who you uh, again, uh, but this is a this is a Motown podcast. I know, yeah, but who are you going to sell? Anybody on the cards you know you want to get rid of? This is a Motown podcast. <laughs> and Liverpool, Liverpool has just lost its UNESCO World Heritage status due to our new stadium. Result. I know. <laughs> Right, okay, back to cars are because Everton is shite. Uh, Everton are having a whale of a week. A whale of a week. <laughs> Come on. Let's get back to cars. This is an emotion podcast. Okay. Your so turn. what's next? What's next? Oh, my turn. Right. Your turn, man. Okay. Um, so we are currently in the process of hopefully. Oh, is this year? Oh, yes. I know what you're going to say. Go on, go on, go on. Yes, I'll right. Okay, so Sorry. we are cur- no, it's fine. I was excited, and I so am. we should be, and you guys should be excited too as well. Um, we are currently looking at uh, adding another car, uh, to two men in the motors towers, aren't we? Al, hey, eh? um, right. well, I see, we see, we are like, I've, I've got nothing to do with it, I'm just a hanger on, but there you go, can't carry on, so. <laughs> Um, we're currently in the process of looking for a bit of a, I don't want to use the word toy because it sounds like a midlife crisis, but um, my father-in-law is in in the kind of industry where it, it, it's always been based on like a utility vehicle, like a 4x4, an SUV or something like that. Um, and he's now at that point where he's gone, you know what, I'm sick of always driving vans and I'm sick of always driving up and down the country and blah, blah, blah. Um, I want a really nice car. He's had really nice cars in the past. He's had X5, M50Ds and, and all, all different kinds of, of things, but they've always been more of a utility vehicle. He's always loved the 7 Series or the S-Class, the big limos, but he couldn't put it through the business or anything like that. So it's always gone by the by. But now he's had enough and he's gone, I want something really, really you know, sporty and nice. And obviously I jumped at this. I was like, oh, I'm going to help you here. Let, let's get right into this. And... His first choice, his initial uh, thinking was an SL, a Mercedes SL. Um, and he was looking at the SL500, which again, on the face of it, you'd go, lovely car. Absolutely. It's got everything that you need in it. Um, roof comes down, looks great. Don't see many of them. Got all the performance in the world. But me being me was like, nah, that's a girl's car. You don't want an SL500. That That's rubbish. It's not rubbish, obviously, but I was... I was stoking the fires. I wanted to, you know, put a bit of pressure on. And you I was like, "BMW is what you want, is." <laughs> this is this is true. This is absolutely true. But I said, "What about an SL63, the AM, AMG version, um, five liter V8?" Again, all the power in the world. It's got so much torque; it'd move a planet out of its own gravitational pull. And I showed him them, and they were in his they were in his budget, and he was really surprised. And that was it then. SL63, AMG, jibbed off the 500, jibbed off the 400. He's got a couple of friends uh, that have got 500s, and he's got a friend that has got the older SL55, uh, which I think is like 2003, 2004. Um and he's obviously spoke to them and sat in them and blah, blah, blah. And that was it. He, he, he wasn't looking outside of an SL. Um, and we found a couple of SL63s um, around 50, 60 grand. But because of their age, 
you could only either buy them outright or you could only take them out on an HP. And an HP is more is so much more a month than a PCP. Uh, for example, there was a 2016 black SL63. It had a couple of owners. It was a red, like a like an oxblood red red leather inside. It was really smart. On the face of it, it looked immaculate. Um, he would have to put 20 grand down, even though the car was only 50, 55, 60 grand, he'd have to put 20 grand down as a minimum deposit. And his monthly payments were still over a thousand pound. Um, so again, he was umming and ahhing on the price and everything else. And then obviously I started looking on Auto Trader and I found the S class coupe. So the S63. So it's got the same engine as the SL, but again, a totally different car. It's a big coupe. Uh, it's got all the luxury in the world. It's got blinds on the back. It's got blinds on the side windows. It's got a champagne fridge in the back. It's literally got everything, but it's still a, a total GT, a massive, really powerful cruiser. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's got a champagne fridge in the back. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, they, uh, literally they, they come with everything. The the, the SL the SL sixty three in my eyes now is rather quite dated. The as comfy as it looks and, and the seats are like armchairs and, and the and the seats don't only heat you up, they cool you down in the summer and they've got the air scarf. The actual tech and the actual infotainment in the SL is more basic than what's in like your brand new Ford. Everything is still very right. much analogue. Everything right. is still very much dials and knobs, and it's got like you know your keypad, like your phone. Still, it, it, it's it's very you, you can tell that it's 2014, 15, 16. The S the S63, on the other hand, even though it's around a similar age, they have loaded that with tech, and I mean absolutely loaded it. Um, for example, they lean. Like the uh, like the Virgin trains or the Avanti West Coast trains or, or any high speed train if you're not if you're not in the UK, so when you throw it into a corner really fast, it will actually lean, so it'll pull you into the apex and it will it will it won't let you oversteer out or, or whatever. Um, it's got all it's got all manner of tech in it, but if you're driving at night on an unlit road, right, get this the. The cockpit, so where where the rev counter and the speedo is and everything else, they shift. So the speedo and the rev counter shift to the side of the digital cockpit, and yeah. you get like a like an eight inch screen, and it's night vision as if you're an SAS soldier oh, or a marine. God. Yeah. Wow. So what that's saying is it's safer to drive using the night vision on the screen than it is to look out your window. I don't know. Is it? Well. It'd be very I, hard to get used to that, wouldn't it? It would be. Like, you, you would you would have to drive that like a fighter jet. Like, you would have to be blinkered. You would have to just look solely at that screen. But yeah. I've, I've, I've seen it on, on, on videos. I've seen it on YouTube. They've looked out the window, they've looked out the windscreen and it's pitch black, pitch black. And you look at the night vision camera and you can see the grass verges, you can see the drops on the side of the road, you can see where the fields are or, you know, whatever, cyclists, if they're out that late. So 
it gives you a further range. You can see further and you can see things that you couldn't see with the naked eye, but that's impressive for a 2015-16 car. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, every, everything else on it. And again, it's super duper fast. So when I showed... When I showed him them, he was like, oh, yeah, that's it now. I love them. Blah, blah, blah. SL63 in the bin. I want an S-Class. I want an F63 coupe. Then I didn't stop there. And maybe I should have. Stupid me. You know, car lover, car enthusiast. Couldn't help myself. I was in the classifieds. I was I was in Halliwell Jones again, as I always am. And I was looking at their offers. Now, they had an offer on an M8, okay, not just an 8 series. You know, you'd be happy with an 840. You'd be dead happy with an eight, an M850i. It was a full, fat M8 competition, and they wanted just short of 10 grand as a deposit, so half of the deposit that you'd be putting down on an SL63 and a very comparable amount a month, a £1,000, just over £1,000 a month. So we could literally walk into a brand new M8 competition for half the deposit and a similar amount a month. So that to no, me was a no-brainer. No, I was about to say that, mate. Yeah. Why would you want um, a, a second-hand car? I mean, maybe, like, I mean, maybe you want a second-hand car if it was a classic or a very old vintage car, or you know, exactly something, exactly. something really, really special. But just yeah. something that that's equal to what you can get now, and you get something new. With no warranty problems, no, no worries about it going wrong, or you know, you just, you just, if something goes wrong, the BM it just goes back to the dealer, doesn't it? That, that's exactly that's exactly it, mate. That is exactly it. So again, you know, he's a businessman; he knows all this kind of stuff. But I opened his eyes to say, look, you could have yes, you could have this 2015 SL Black. It only had three owners, da, 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 da. but your APR is so much lower on. A new car because again you can take a PCP out and not just an HP or a CS, a conditional sale. The APR on a brand new M8 is 2.9%. So we rang we rang the dealers, we rang Harrywell Jones, who didn't have any M8s in. Uh, the the salesman was really honest with us and said, to be honest, lads, they're unicorn shit. You know, you, they are nowhere, they are they're just not out there at all. Um so they had an 840 in. So we went to have a look at that and sit in that. And again, it ticked all his boxes. It looks so super cool from all angles, front, side, back, looking down on it, whatever. It just has a presence. As soon as you walked into the dealership, it was there. And all the other cars that were there, including an M5 CS in like a in like a, a frozen commando green with bronze brush bronzed alloys there was that they all just disappeared all you saw was this eight series and it was only and i say only the 840 it was in a midnight blue it had the cream leather interior it was just out of this world i kind of f- felt like he fell in love with it and that was it and we got prices from the dealer and he was working some figures out for us and he's working for us on an m8 an m850i and also now an m4 a brand new m4 because he saw one of those, but he saw an M3 actually, and it was just incredible. It was, it almost looked like it was painted. It was, well, it was matte black. I don't want to say blackboard paint because that'll bring back bad memories for Al. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it, it, it was a matte black and it had uh, 
graphite like aluminium wheels on it it had the carbon seats in it it just impressive and as soon as he saw that he's like well what about one of them um so but he doesn't want the seats or, or to be like a family car so we're looking at an m4 as well so i thought i was onto a winner i thought that's it i've nailed him onto a brand new eight series like you said al no maintenance worries nothing at all if it gets an oil leak or needs something changing you go to Hollywood Jones, you give them the keys, you say, sort that out, give me a courtesy car and give me back when it's done. But yeah. as, we, as we were driving home, he brought up the SL again. And I was just like, oh, no, please, no, come on. We need to get past the SL63 because like you've just said, you know, some of them have got up, up to six owners. Why would you want a car that's had six bums in before yours? Why do you want six owners in it? You know, they've all got 20, 30, 40 miles. Some have got more. And the, the biggest thing to me is the maintenance and the cost. You've got to go and independently source a warranty for it if you can. If not, all the maintenance is on you. All the servicing costs are on you. You know, it's such a complex, hard folding roof. If that goes wrong, it's on you. And yeah. that would that just instantly puts me off. It, it instantly puts me off buying even if I could get into a, a, a second-hand Ferrari, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's all on me. A Lamborghini, an Aston, whatever. You, you need to factor in that, yes, buy them, but only buy them if you can afford to keep them. If you can't afford to keep them, buying you. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, a big plug to the car guys that we love and follow and, you know, and they've mentored us and stuff. You know, there's so many videos that Damien puts out and it's like garage update or you know annual servicing costs and blah 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 now he hasn't got you know he's got some new cars he's got some he's got some older cars the servicing costs of his older cars are astronomical and I, I just couldn't I, I couldn't do that I would much rather just walk into Halliwell Jones or a BMW main dealer and say right I want that M8 with, with just over with just 10 grand down a thousand pound a month it does north to 60 in 3.2 seconds, which is like Ferrari time. It blows all the Mercs out the water for performance. It blows all the Mercs out the water for rarity and uniqueness. You'd feel like the absolute dogs in it. It would be it would be everything that you ever needed. You could rag it and boot it to the heart's content. It's got a drift analyzer in it if you wanted to analyze your drifts. And then if you don't, you whack it into comfort and you just waft down the motorway. And it's a grand, it's a grand tour at the GT. So we're gonna get, we're gonna get those photos up that you took. We're gonna put them on on social. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I was gonna because, like I said, I've I've taken photos now of what I think is shortlisters, and again, we've just covered them. SL sixty three, which is no S S sixty three AMG Coupe again, better than the SL, but still a no. An M eight or an M850i, or even possibly an M4 competition. That's what I think is on his shortlist now. And then I spoke to him yesterday, and he's still really busy with work. But I said, look, when you want to get together, we'll have a couple of beers, and we'll draw up a list of performance and pros and cons. And again, we've, we've just we, we've wildly covered those pros and cons now. New car, warranty, no maintenance costs, lower APR, PCP, and in three years' time, your main dealer will ring you up and say, do you want another? And you either say yes, you walk straight into another brand new M8 or M4 or whatever, or you say no, and if you say no, I don't want one, 
then you have to either pay a balloon payment and the car's yours and you can do with it what you like, or you'd have to go and walk and, and go into Porsche or Mercedes or whatever you wanted to do and obviously deal with your equity and everything else uh, with, with leaving Halliwell's. Um, and I'm going to talk to him about the performance and everything because I think he thinks that the SL63 is the fastest out of the lot. It actually isn't. Uh, the yeah. SL63 still very, very quick. Uh, the SL63 is 0 to 62 in 4.7 seconds. Now, to put that in context, the M140i that I had was was sub that. It was 4.4, 4.5. But you've right. got to take into account the weight of the SL63 because of the hard folding roof adds a lot of weight. Um, but all of the BMs, even the M4 and the M850i, not the full fat M8, are all sub four seconds. That's all amazing, of them. isn't it? That's yeah. amazing. Like, you figure, especially the M8, the, the yeah. size of it and the weight of it, and it can hold five people. And, you know, just it's, it's not a tank, but it's, it's very, very heavy. Yeah, you oh, can absolutely. Do Nord 62 in. Under four seconds. Yeah, it's, it's, that's astonishing. Though. Yeah, yeah, and again, the, I, the power it must have. The power it must have. Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, there's loads and loads of videos. There's mates being drag raced on Car Wow and other YouTube channels, and they're drag raced against um, a Ferrari FF, a Ferrari GTC for Lusso, and a race prepped Nissan GTR. Now we all know how fast a Nissan GTR is. That's a yeah. sub four second car. Yeah. It annihilated them, and I mean annihilated them um, from from a, a standing start, from a rolling race. Which one kicked down faster? The GTC four Lusso is a V twelve six litre Ferrari. It annihilated, mm. and then and then it was drag raced against uh, like like the usual suspects. So an Audi RS six, uh, a Merc, everything else, all, all the fast German cars annihilated them what makes it even quicker is that they're four-wheel drive right so they they just take off from a standing start like you've been fired out of a cannon yeah yeah um i mean, I mean it wouldn't and, be much quicker if they, if they had if they were electric i know electric cars have amazing velocity yeah. but how much quicker do you want well, exactly, exactly. You know, I, I, that that's ultimately what I think he's going to turn around to me and say and go, well. It's it you know it, it really at that point it's irrelevant, isn't it? If you're doing north to sixty sub four seconds, you know that is that is just that that's everything. You know your mate's got an Aston. I, I, you know I, how fast is it compared to that? Is it faster? I imagine it most probably is. It's faster than you know. It's the flagship BMW. It's faster than any BMW, and I mean even the CSs and the CSLs and the stripped out ones. That is the fastest BMW they've ever produced. And you think of what they've produced in the past. Yeah, I'm just looking for um, the Aston now. Just hang on a second, mate. Wait a minute. Uh, Vantage is 4.7. Yeah, so that that's, that's, that mirrors the SL63. So it's yeah. over, it's what, second and a half slower? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just crazy. And um, I went on some, like, forums because again, you know, I, I wanted him. To, I wanted to give him, a, you know, a, a rounded picture. I, I don't want to sound like I'm just dumping totally on the old Merc, but I most probably am. Um, 
but again, I Googled and went on drivers' forums and different things and said, you know, can you live with an L- SL63? Is an SL63 a used SL63 a smart purchase? And it all really said, well, yes, you will love the car. The car is everything that you could possibly want. It sounds amazing. It looks great, blah, blah, blah. But the maintenance, the maintenance costs are astronomical. And some fella even, he was driving when he said, look, I'll be totally honest with you. Mine cost me four grand at 35,000 miles and it cost me near enough five grand at 50. And then it was like a light bulb moment because I went back on Auto Trader or any other classifieds and I looked at all the SLs and all the SLs that were in his price range are all at 30,000 miles. So clearly yeah. ev- everyone's getting the enjoyment out of them and then going, whoa, you know, I'm getting to that mark now. Quick, flog it in some other you know, some other fool can buy it. And then, other, you know, I've used up the three years warranty and it's a 35,000 miles now, but it's, it's clearly all over the internet that you are going to have some maintenance costs around the 35,000, 40,000 mark. And again, at 50 and they're talking about suspension bushes. They're talking about oil leaks and issues with the roof. Yeah, that's not, that's not cheap. No, not cheap. So, yeah, upshot of all that is, thanks for that. So, you, you, did, you did about 20 minutes there non-stop on, <laughs> on, uh, on the cars, which is great. So, I think the upshot is, Pete, just buy the BM M8, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was just going to say, but we, I will obviously keep you updated or, or keep us all updated with that. I won't obviously talk at length every episode, but for the next couple that we do... That was a beautiful one, um, you Just, no, just say, well put, done. Um... I'd just let you know where we're at. Um, he's away. He's away this week, I think. But next week, we're going to go to Halliwell's to have a look at an M4, hopefully take it out, so hopefully get some shots and maybe a couple of videos for that to stick okay. on socials. And I've also found a dealer that's Birmingham way uh, that's basically got all the cars he wants to look at under one roof, barring the BMs. He's got uh, There's an SL63 and an, S, an S63 Coupe, so we're going to go down there as well, so I'll keep you updated. And then stupidly, last night, I looked on Auto Trader again, so I just can't help myself. And I found that he could afford an i8. If oh. he wanted to that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, he could afford an, the i8 is actually the cheapest of the lot. Um, and it's sub a thousand pounds a month. And I mean, oh. quite a lot. I mean, it's quite a lot less than a thousand pound a month. So you're looking at eight fifty, eight seventy a month for some. Um, but again, that brings with it all the uncertainty of the Merc, but in an electric car. But I thought they were fully electric, but the i8 aren't. The i8 is only a mild plug-in hybrid. You only get twenty-three. Yeah, you only get twenty-three. No. Ma- yeah, you only get twenty-three miles of range, full electric. Why is it called an I I I eat them? I thought I thought that's the whole point of it. Exactly. That's why they make a noise when they when they go past you and it's not just nice. You only get you only get twenty three miles of range, so that maybe takes away the risk of a second hand battery, which is everyone's biggest concern, is at the moment can I buy a second hand car because yeah, of yeah. the, the battery. Um but there's only there's only twenty three miles of range, but yes, that is that's, that is actually coming in at the cheapest of the lot. And I mean, the cheapest 
of the second-hand ones, but also the newest of the second-hand ones. You could get him into a 2018-19 i8, but you can't get him into anything newer than a 2015-16 SL. An i8 would be amazing, but again, it's not. It's not new, and they're not quite as rare as an M8, I'd say. No. You know, I've, I have no. I've not seen an M8 yet, I don't think. I think I've no. seen one. I think I might have seen one. I've seen two 840s. I've seen two 840s. Um, 40, yeah, I've seen yeah. 40. Um, so, um, so that, go on now. Sorry, mate, yeah, but I've, I've seen about four or five i8s, but I've seen that, that's over the, the spread of like 18 months, so that's not, you know, no. it's, not, it's not like you're seeing a Tesla every 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 day, is it? You know what I mean? It's not like that. No. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, but again, still second hand, isn't it? Still second hand. Second hand, mate, yeah, second hand. So uh, I don't know whether just to keep stum about that or whether to tell him. And then I thought, well, what about if he wanted to buy something and he wants to keep it? Because that was the thing with the SL. He wanted to buy an SL and keep it forever. So I was thinking, well, how about you buy something which would hopefully, hopefully is quite new, but would also appreciate in value. So give him something back if he did come to sell it. And you can get an M4 CS now for around the same price. It's not the new M4 because they don't make the, they haven't made a CS of that yet. But it is like 2017, 18, and these yeah. are like showroom condition. These are like people who have kept them. I think one has only done 97 miles. 97 so it's literally miles. yeah. So it's literally been driven somewhere and stored there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it it it's totally stripped out. There's a big there's a big carbon fiber hole in the bonnet. It hasn't got door handles. It's got M straps that you pull to shut the door. The windows are like plastic or very thin glass or or, or, or a, a weight saving material. It it's it's you know it, it it's very very light and very very rare. So I thought, well, would that appreciate in value? So I might do some research to see. You know, would an M4 CS become a modern classic, or will it will it appreciate in value? Because so many cars are appreciating in value now. Um, yeah. So that, that's maybe something to look at. But yeah, I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you all posted. Right. So what next, mate? We're going to talk about the Grand Prix quickly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We can do. So um, Max V. Lewis. Um, I want to say a word though. If you listen to Al's Apex, you, you'll notice that I'd add plenty of words for. Um, the Charles Leclerc because he was just the coolest guy on the grid. I thought um, he just had his eyes on the prize. He thought, so like you had the crash grid, I'll just go put the inside and just take pole position. Thank you very much. So I loved him for that. Um, and he led but, every lap, didn't he? He led every lap until yeah, like yeah. the second to last. Yeah, which was a shame, but yeah, it's still still great. Um, so yeah, go on, mate. What do you think about Max Max and Lewis? I, mean, I know what I think. I think it was just. I'll see what I think first of all. I think you know. Hamilton's on seven championships. He wants to get double figures. He thought he's going to get his eighth this year, but Red Bull have had other ideas, haven't they? And I think I think if Max had won this the British Grand Prix, that would have been a tipping point. And I think that would have been it for Hamilton, really. So I think it's I think I think the pressure's been building on, on Hamilton to get another win because he hasn't had one for a while. It's come to a bit of a head. You come to that. You come to that corner. Neither of them are going to give way because neither of them are going to lose face. And basically, to not put too fine a point on it, shit was going to happen. And it did. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right to a point there, Al. Absolutely. The pressure is certainly building on Lewis. Um but you've got you've got to have it's not motorsport, it's not a sport, it's not edge of the seat racing if you can't have racing incidents. It just isn't. Yeah. Like I've seen the stills, I've seen the still frames, I've seen everything else. Hamilton was alongside you know, he, he was he was entitled he was entitled to be there. Um, Max did give him. You know, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent Hamilton. You know, Max certainly did give him enough space. Hamilton wasn't tight on the apex, but he certainly was there, and he was entitled to be there. Max, steering. I've seen the angles of his steering and blah blah blah. Um, and the one thing that I love, and I think we all love about Max Verstappen, is that he is aggressive. That is what you want in a racing driver. And he goes everywhere, as in, I'm not putting out. I, I'm, I, I'll go through you if I have to. And previously, Lewis Hamilton has been the more mature, the more experienced head. And he's backed out and gone, you know, it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I'll back out of this. I'll get you in a couple of laps time or whatever. And I think you're right there, Al. Hamilton at his home Grand Prix has gone bollocks to you, mate. I'll go yeah. wheel to wheel with you. Yeah. I'll go and Hamilton wasn't dangerous. He wasn't dangerous, but Verstappen has finally met his match with someone that's gone, I'll put us both out if I have to. Yeah. And, yeah, and that, is, that that is all that is. Instead of Hamilton going, I'll get him in five laps time, you are absolutely right. Red Bull have got the better car, so Hamilton's most probably gone. I can't afford to get him in five laps time. If I don't get him now, I, I never will. I'm going to yeah. dart down the inside. But yeah. he was entitled to dart down the inside. Max Verstappen's gone, oh, bloody hell. If I move over to the right a bit more, he'll back out like he did in Austria or he did somewhere else or somewhere else. This yeah. time, he didn't back out. He's gone, I'm here. I'm entitled to be here. I'm going to pass. I'm going to get past you. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, no, I'm no Hamilton fan at all, you know that. But I, I just couldn't really blame him. I couldn't blame him for stopping either. It was just one of those things. You just got two drivers battling away, the and they're not going. Neither of them are going to give. Are going to give in. And I'm, I'm, I, think, I'm, I think for people to say that Hamilton meant to take him out, it's just it's just daft. He's oh, not, Hamilton's yeah. a lot of things, but he's not, he's not Machiavellian like that. And I, and I don't think it's okay for those watching it over and over and over again and having still frames and having slow motion. They had a split second at 200 miles an hour to make a decision, and he, he didn't he didn't have the time to think. I want to take him out here. Oh no, of course he didn't. Have, I like he, he just didn't have that time. So that's just a, a daft thing to say. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we've all seen the start, and Hamilton took off, didn't he? Like Hamilton was was on his rear wing. He looked really aggressive. He looked really punchy. You knew that he was he was given no quarter there. But like you said, he wasn't yeah. going to be dangerous, you know. But Look at look at Schumacher and Hill. How many times did they take each other out? Look at Prost and Senna. How many times did they take each other out? You've got two drivers, right? Like the two best drivers in the world. Why would you want one of them to pull out or to be soft or to be passive? I don't get it. I don't get it. But I also, you know, I, I didn't like the tweets from Max afterwards. You know, that, that stunk a bit. To me, of immaturity, and you know, you can't celebrate winning because I crashed. Well, I'm sorry, mate. You can, you know, 
Uh, I'm glad I'm okay, but nobody else cares about me. And why did he celebrate and all that? Just, you, d- you don't need to do that. You're a great driver. We all think you're a great driver. You've got millions of fans. You've got the best car this season. You most probably still will win the championship. That was just kind of like petulant child to me. Um, yeah, again, it was. I mean, I think, I think, I think Hamilton was rubbing his nose in there a little bit with the celebrations. But he needed, he needed to get that win. It was his home Grand Prix. Meant everything to him. I like I said to you, I like I said to the day before with the sprint race when you had to get in that truck afterwards. <laughs> I mean, he was presence after he just had a race and Max had won it. Like, you know, better, he, was, he was just sat there absolutely fuming his head off, Lewis was. You think, and yeah. there's, there's all that as well. He was kind of figured, yeah, well, you could celebrate that win, but it didn't mean anything. This is the but, one that but, matters. You know. But shoe, shoe on the other foot, would Max Verstappen not celebrate the home Grand Prix win if Hamilton crashed? Oh, probably, yeah. Exactly. Exactly, but that, that, like like you said, you know, look at me. Motorsport is all about Billy Big Bollocks, isn't it? And being the showman yeah. and everything else, yeah. you know. And that that's all part of it. Like you said, if if Max Verstappen's jumping around on a truck because he's won the sprint race, he's doing that to get a, a one-upmanship on Hamilton. I'm better than you. I've won that race. You started in pole, but I won. That's yeah. what motorsports like. It's like it's like you know the the pre uh, the, the the pre stuff uh, at a boxing fight you know with all the with all this all the slang talk and all that yeah. it, it's yeah. it's all one upmanship um, and there's no way on this earth that Max Verstappen would not get a Dutch flag and and ride around with it or would just pick his champagne his trophy up and walk off uh, the podium you know because he has to feel sorry for Hamilton Hamilton put himself there Hamilton crashed blah 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 but that's not for Max Verstappen to worry about. No, um, and another thing as well, mate. I've just realised now as well with the actual, sorry, with the actual crash itself, the, the instance. Um, I remember when I first saw it. Sorry, the second time I saw it, um, I remember thinking, "God, Hamilton was lucky. Hamilton was lucky there. How, how didn't he go off as well?" Yeah, and there was, there was, you know, that's another thing why he didn't do it on purpose was because he could not have known he, if he'd gone to if he'd purposely driven into Verstappen's wheel. He could not have known that he wouldn't have gone off as well. Exactly, exactly. It's just it's just sheer luck he didn't he, that he didn't go off. Sheer luck, and there's no way of him knowing that. No. You're not telling me he would have driven into Verstappen to take him out as well, to take himself no. out as well, just to spoil. Of course he wouldn't. So I mean, you know, anyone who thinks they did it on purpose needs to have a word themselves, really. But oh, they're not. They're not true. They're not true motorsport fans. They don't. They don't understand racing. If someone thinks that Hamilton's got in his car that day. To, to, to stuff up Verstappen's uh, chances then they might as well just go yeah. watch another sport it's, 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 it's one thing saying it was his fault and another thing saying he meant it yeah you can say it's his fault okay but it wasn't I'm, his fault I'm, either I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, well, we can argue that can't we? I'm not so sure about that myself but you can say that but yeah. that doesn't mean that he meant it it definitely didn't mean it because there's, there's too much risk, risk to himself exactly mate and also you know I, I think it's shown up on, is it Drive to Survive or Race to Survive or whatever it is on Netflix. Drive um, to Survive, you know what's called. Drive, drive to Survive, but... Yeah. It rhymes, it rhymes, it rhymes, sorry, to make it easy <laughs> for you. Sorry, Al. Um, but even on that, Red Bull is shown to be like the little, you know, they, they run to the stewards about anything. They, they report any other team to get any kind of one-upmanship on them. They report tyres or weight or, or anything um, 
And, you know, to hear that, like, there's rumours that Helmut Marko has instructed his lawyers to, to ban Hamilton and they were calling for a race suspension. It, 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 it's just all very much, come on, lads. You're in motorsport. Well, well, Christian Horner, when he's, he kept on saying, oh, Lewis put his wheel in, they don't do that at cops. You're like, what does that mean for a What do you mean he put his wheel in? It's not yeah. a tackle. It's not a tackle where you put his, It's not a football tackle where you put your foot in. It's not... Mm. It's, what's, what's, he, what's he talking about? Exactly. Then, afterwards, Chris Harris is on Twitter going, excuse, Chris Harris says something like, excuse me, but since when did we not race around corners? Exactly. You know, um, what's what's he saying? You can't race around that corner because it's cops. You're talking about uh, race exactly. exactly. And also, to prove Hamilton's point, he made that move at least two more times during the race. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I, I hate Hamilton, but that was quite cool. It's like, yeah, look, I can do it, and I didn't mean it. And look, this is, we can, we, we can overtake wherever he wants. Exactly. Yeah, that was quite, he made quite a good point there, I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, so we still, you know, great Grand Prix. Silverstone's a brilliant track, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. I've got hungry in two weeks' time, which will this is going to be extra tasty now, isn't it? It is. Extra tasty. Looking okay. forward to that. Right, that's it for this week, for this edition. Thank you for listening, and we'll do more soon. I'll be doing Al's Apex for sure after the Hungarian Grand Prix. Hopefully we'll get another one of these in, and maybe it'll be one in the car. Who knows? What do you reckon? Do you I reckon so. so. Ho- I definitely, yeah. like I said, I, I, I love this. I love that we can still do it, but I, I really miss the face-to-face banter and being in the car, because obviously we are two men in the motor, two men in the motor. Men sat behind Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not two men in the mobile. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, right, so thanks, everyone. Thanks, thanks everyone, for listening. <laughs> Start again. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back soon. So goodbye. Bye bye.